0: up everyone mark lobeliner tigerfitness.com i have an extra special guest it's very rare that we see someone with such a, a great history right just vast knowledge someone who's worked in corporate america someone who started his own business played d1 baseball played professional baseball and makes delicious meals and has amazing abs
1: we got Alex Feinberg here, man. What's up? What's up, Mark? How you doing? Shelly, ah, man. Where can they find you before we get started? Uh, find me on Twitter, Alex Feinberg One, find me on Instagram, Alex Feinberg Official, and find me on YouTube. We can post that link below, tagging me. And you can find Ghost
0: at TigerFitness.com. So anyway. Always be closing, man. So anyway, so the great thing about Alex is he provides so much information online about helping people reach their goals, basically. So you look at me, you know, we talked about this today. My workouts, if you watch me train, I'll give advice. But if you actually watch my content, what I do, I'm extreme. You know, I'm a professional bodybuilder. I'm trying to actually win a pro show. So I'm not going to the gym like everybody else. I'm going to the gym and I'm literally trying to to destroy myself, right? Whereas Alex provides information for the average individual who wants to be able to eat good food, wants to have abs, wants to feel great. So he provides that level of knowledge for people to kind of, you know, be able to spend less time in the gym where I'm a five to seven day guy. He's a two to three day guy, right? So working with the general population, what do you find to be the key? Like, obviously your key is making it so it fits people's lifestyle. It doesn't Mm -hmm. take over their life. Whereas some people can get can get, um, take their, their life can be completely accosted or taken over sure. by fitness. So what is your big message
1: to start this out? Like for the general population, just trying to get in shape. And I think I learned this playing baseball, learning how to increase my work capacity. So in order for me to put the work in that was necessary mm-hmm. to get a college scholarship and to get drafted to play professionally, I had to figure out how I could make hard work enjoyable. And so the easiest way I've found to make hard work enjoyable in the gym isn't to optimize for time under tension. It isn't to optimize for soreness, for pain tolerated during a workout. It's actually to optimize for performance output in the gym mm-hmm. because we, get, we don't really get a ton of dopamine from being able to withstand a ton of pain for a, a max repetition set of hamstring curls. Mm-hmm but we do get a bunch of dopamine from being able to hit a squat PR, from being able to hit a deadlift PR. And so my view is that in order for a program to be sustainable for the average person, the input needs to justify the output and then you create a virtuous flywheel. So your effort must be rewarded by your dopaminergic reward, right? I love so, that, So yeah. everything you do needs to have a, a reward at the end, quantifiable, preferably. And so the way that I found this program was actually just creating it for myself while I had a full-time job. You see, I never thought I would be a fitness professional. Um, I thought I was gonna work in corporate America or maybe be an entrepreneur, and I realized that being in good shape gave me an advantage when I was interviewing for jobs, when I was negotiating for salaries, when I was up for promotions, and I just wanted to be able to get maximum credit for what I was doing, and I figured, okay, well, I really like eating food. I'm not going to diet in any crazy way. I like training, but I'm not going to train so hard that I don't want to come the next day. What's the easiest way I can mesh all this together? Oh, train for performance in the gym and eat delicious food when I'm hungry until I'm full that is created in a way where it's protein dominant. So it fills me up faster than normal food. Yeah, protein
0: is very satiating. I would like to just take it back a little bit. We talk on this channel a lot about there being a huge advantage to being in shape um in fact me i'm on a i'm on a board right now you know one of my companies was acquired and me looking the way i do i've actually found to be very advantageous because in business it's easy to forget somebody right but when they see alex like man remember that that fit good looking guy who came in here right like it doesn't like it's better to be remembered as can and when you when you're fit what does that show it shows that you have work ethic It shows that you have, you take care of yourself and that you have pride. Now, I'm not saying that fat people can't be smart, fat people and people who don't work out can't be amazing employees or amazing people. But what I'm saying is we judge people by their looks, whether you like it or not. Oh man, I fell in love with her. Whoa, her personality was sitting on her tits. Come on. So at the end of the day, what you look like and what you are presenting is what people see you as. And it's the easiest thing that you can validate, so, And too. you can
1: do it, yeah. Like, like, if you're interviewing for a job, everybody looks like a rock star on their resume. And so, but you don't know, like, okay, Bark, you started this company. You did it, like, really? Do I need to call these references? Well, if your aesthetic appearance uh, contradicts what you say you do, inherently people are going to be suspicious of what you've claimed, yes. right? Whereas if your aesthetic appearance looks good, they're much more likely to believe what you say you did. And so the best way to get credit for things that you didn't do is to be good looking. And the best way to not get credit for things that you did do is to be bad looking.
0: Yeah. So actually what's funny is that this video was supposed to be a different topic, but I'm going with this. So I want to go in training for the general population. Yes. That's where we've taken it. We're just going to go right there. So when I look at the general population, generally speaking, what I find for a lot of people is I like to start them out measuring macros. Mm -hmm. I know you're the opposite, but Mm -hmm. for me, I believe that people have no sense mm-hmm. of how much food is how many calories. Mm-hmm. They don't. So I like starting out where it's like, my goal is to get people and I still measure my food because again, I'm there's different levels to this. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, obviously didn't measure the bowl of rice I had from Kava today, but so if I'm getting ready for a show, I measure food, but throughout the year I really don't because I know what, Six ounces of meat looks like, Mm -hmm. or around six ounces. And let's be honest, whether you eat six or eight ounces of meat, you could have burned twice the calories because you parked further away from Costco Mm -hmm. or you had a harder workout that day. So your body tends to, people neglect the fact that your, your basal metabolic rate is not static. Right, it's dynamic. So if you're sick, it goes up, right? If you have any kind of stressor, it goes up. If you have other things going on, it goes down. You might have some hormonal fluctuations that could cause some weird fat storage issues. Mm -hmm. So for the general population, I think what we do is pretty similar, except you're going by intuition Mm -hmm. and you're teaching people how to learn by that where I'm showing people visually and with numbers, how many calories, because I think we can all agree that while we all have different ways of measuring calories, that calories are a key component to be gaining or losing weight. Mm-hmm. If you want to gain weight, you eat hypercaloric, which is more calories than you burn. Um, yeah, more calories than you you burn. And hypocaloric is eating less calories than you need, basically. Usually. So that taps in your fat storage because your fat, fat is stored energy. So with you training people, and I've been kind of like – I've been kind of wanting to ask you this for a while. You have a high success rate. Like, mm-hmm. again, um, obviously, I do offer coaching. It's not my main thing, but it's what Alex does. And if you're looking mm-hmm. for a coach who does that stuff, this is your guy. Mm-hmm. Like, this is your guy, right? Um, but how do you find that works if you have an individual who overeats mm-hmm. and who has, trouble, um, who has trouble equating food and calories and let's say is eating 2000 calories above their perceived, let's say their, their normal maintenance. We'll use that lo- yep. word loosely. Yep. So do you do that via food choices? Do you do that with your recipe book, which is awesome? Yep. How do you get a fat person? I'm using fat, not in an insulting, way. I'm using mm-hmm. fat in a descriptive way. How do you get a fat person to lose weight without measuring food? Cause I, I really want to know. Yeah. And
1: before I answer that, do we need to turn the music down for copyright reasons?
0: Absolutely not, because these mics cut it out.
1: Okay, wonderful. So, um, yes, usually in order to lose weight, people need to eat less. That's not always the case. Sometimes people have trouble losing weight because they don't eat enough. I've actually had people work with me who've eaten more and lost weight, and that doesn't quite align with the standard interpretation of calories in, calories out. That's the minority situation, so we'll focus on the majority for now. The biggest challenge that people have in implementing a fitness system is they get overloaded with information and lifestyle, lifestyle change requirements, right? So I approach making fitness your lifestyle, like boiling a frog slowly, because what most trainers, what most dietitians will do is say, okay, well, here's your height, here's your weight. We're going to assume this is your resting metabolic rate. We're going to assume this is what your maintenance calories need to be. Eat this and let's go. And, yeah, I don't like that either. Right, but that, that's kind of, that's the norm. And yeah. so the I thing is, normal. if somebody if somebody's 30 pounds overweight and they're normally eating 2,000 calories over maintenance, and I tell them, hey, um, okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to eat protein-dominant real food, and we're only going to eat when we're hungry, right? It's so much easier for people to follow their hunger signals than it is to follow counting things, mm-hmm. right? And so even if it's not the most precise way to go about it, and I would debate that necessarily, like for me, I think it is more precise that I go by my intuition for a novice. It probably isn't more precise Mm -hmm. to go by their intuition than it is to track, but it's easy to implement and it will work because the people are eating 2000 calories above their maintenance mm-hmm. because they're eating breakfast because it's breakfast time. They're not hungry in the morning. Uh, they just wake up and it's yeah. like it's breakfast. I got to eat breakfast. They're eating lunch because it's lunchtime. They're not hungry at so lunch. So you're saying it's social programming. Social programming. Yeah. They think okay. they need to eat three meals a day. They, "Oh, I got to eat in the morning so I'm not hungry later. I got to eat I got to eat lunch so I'm not hungry later. Oh, my family's eating so I got to eat." And it's like, "No, the average sedentary person only needs to eat one to maybe two meals a day and maybe, maybe eat carbs one meal a day. Absolutely correct. I, I think a lot of people,
0: so the 2000 calorie RDA. Um, <clears throat> so I have people from a macro measuring standpoint, I have people who, oh man, I can't lose weight. i mean 1600 calories. I'm like, yeah. So you got to realize the weight loss that we're looking at, right? When people lose weight, the 2000 calorie thing, that was based on like world war one numbers, that's not based on like realistic numbers. Mm-hmm. So when you have someone who's sedentary versus someone who's plowing fields, it's a whole different realm, a whole different level. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm looking at is that I think we're programmed that we think we need this many calories when right. in reality we need much less. I would venture to guess most women's me- met- basal metabolic rate is probably around 1200,
1: yeah, 13, 14, maybe. Yeah.
0: Like yeah. And that's for someone who doesn't have genetic issues. Right. That's for someone who doesn't have a genetically slow metabolism. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's what we need to look at is that we've been lied to right. about what the body truly needs.
1: Right. So for most people who don't have um, you know, metabolic dysregulation, so for people who are not diabetic, because if you're diabetic, that is going to dysregulate your appetite. If you have a food addiction, that is going to make following an intuitive program a little bit more challenging. And a fair amount of people do have food addictions. They, they use food as a coping mechanism. Um, so that makes following my program hard. Yeah. Um, but if you don't use food as a coping mechanism, as many men don't, right? Yeah, it seems to be more female. It's more female dominated, which is why most of my clients are men. Yeah. I work with some some women, but my program works best for people who have some some athletic background. So you have some lean muscle mass, and you're not a sugar addict, um, because sugar is going to dysregulate your appetite and make you think you're way hungrier than you really are. Mm-hmm. And so, if I work with somebody, and my first six weeks, it's like it's like Mark. You can eat whatever you want as long as, it's, as, long as we're following two, three rules, basically. It's got to be protein-dominant, real food. What, so what protein-dominant mean? Like, what's If you the, look at your plate, a majority of the real estate needs to be from uh, animal protein. 60-40 is good enough? 80-20? 60-40 is good. Okay. As much as you can, but at least like 60-40. I like that. And so what ends up happening is if you end up eating carbs and fat, um, most people are going to get filled up with the protein. So they're not going to be able to eat all of these extra carbs. They're just not going to be yeah, hungry This for is it. This
0: is actually, this is brilliant. It's going to work. Yeah. Like the thing is, it's going to work because you're basically inadvertently, without even trying, teaching them healthy food choice options. Yeah. Because because protein is pretty friggin' healthy. Mm-hmm. Like you get enough protein, you get your ground beef, even fatty beef. Like that's that's just going to fill you up. Exactly. So I think it's, I think that's a great way to live. You know, it's like. We wrote a diet back in the uh, early 2000s called the lifestyle cut diet, and it was essentially what you have here, but not Mm -hmm. right. It wasn't based on intuition. It was based on not measuring food, more intuitive than my normal stuff. Sure. So I I think it's something that'll work for 90% of people out there. Right. Um, But again, if you're if you're an athlete or looking for something, you know, next level, if you're if you're looking, obviously, there's levels to it. But let's let's be real. If you were to make your money coaching bodybuilders, you'd go poor really quick. Sure. Unless you're one of the guys who just tells them what drugs to take, they get paid pretty well. Right. For someone who's coaching bodybuilders, there's very little of them. And most of them come and go because they realize they don't have genetics or the work ethic to get to that next level. Sure. So I I really think it's a fantastic way to diet. Mm -hmm. I I really do. Because at the end of the day, when when, when people who are out of shape say, hey, I'm 350 pounds and I want to get back in the gym, what should I do? I said, don't go to the gym. Go on a walk every evening. Like you don't go in. So if you're someone who's just can't get a hold of yourself, can't get a hold of yourself or can't get control of yourself, um, my recommendation is usually start moving, start making better food choices. And with Alex, you get an opportunity to actually have someone guide you into an easy foolproof way to teach yourself how to make the better food choices. And you're inadvertently going to cut calories because you're eating intuitively
1: and you're eating protein dominant. And that's the thing that I emphasize in the group that I run. So we have a guy, Brendan, busy executive, successful dude, but he came in at about two hundred and forty pounds. Um and so he obviously didn't want to weigh two hundred and forty not like Mark, he didn't want to weigh two hundred and forty pounds. Not the two hundred and forty pounds to get that, that really, Mark's trying to really get to. Sexy yeah, right. It was two it was the, the standard American two hundred forty. And you know, he's got a business <laughs> unless you're seven foot tall. <laughs> right. That's not a good two forty. And, and and so he's he's you know, he's getting acclimated to this new way of living and and which is basically like okay you're not eating breakfast just because you wake up you're not eating lunch just because it's two o'clock just because you're meeting a client doesn't mean you're eating eating so sometimes he would have two three lunches per day oh my god because he'd be meeting with clients all the time and and what do you do with client meetings you eat right so he wasn't even hungry coffee you know right 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 i learned to do that during prep bro like we'd go out like i never
0: eat food that's not mine right except for this prep which i lost um and at the end of the day, it's really easy just to be like, you know, I'm just going to have some coffee. Yeah, I'm just going to have this. And I think a lot of people learned how to do that inadvertently with the intermittent fasting fad, Sure. Um, which I'm, I'm not a huge fan of forcing fasting. I like your version better because you're inadvertently going to fast because right. you're eating inter- um, intuitively. That's, that's the thing about in- intermittent fasting. Like, you know, I know this is out of the question, but at the end of the day, there's one cloud. At the end of the day, intermittent fasting, it went from being in the morning, now in the evening. You notice that? Like oh. Now it's, like, it's time-restricted eating. Now it's not in the morning, but it's better to not eat before bed. Here's why that doesn't work. I can't sleep when I'm hungry. Me too. Yeah. Can't sleep when I'm hungry. Yeah. But on that note, I think we can close this out. Um, we've got a
1: whole bunch of other videos, and I think it's going to rain. But anyway, guys, where can they find you once again? Alex Feinberg1 on Twitter. Um, Alex Feinberg1 on YouTube. We're going to link YouTube in case I'm wrong on yep. the handle. But it should be Alex Feinberg1 on YouTube. Alex feinberg official on Instagram. Uh, I was going to tell the story before we got out. Brendan, busy executive, we didn't want him to get overloaded with training and mixing everything into his schedule. So all it was is protein-dominant real food when you're hungry. What these people realize is they're only hungry once or twice a day. So he's lost 12 pounds in the four weeks that he's been in the group and he hasn't even worked out, right? Very, very common for people who are used to eating based on a clock-based schedule is, okay, let's just listen to our bodies. And once you get that the first 12 pounds off that easily, it's much easier to get people to say, okay, well, maybe I'm going to wake up with like 30 minutes earlier, get a little bit of this in. Right, you get buy-in as you go rather than force a bunch of changes right off the bat. That makes people very uncomfortable and more likely to quit.
0: Yeah, small steps, baby steps. Right, but anyway guys, be sure to follow him and if you're not, subscribe to this channel, be sure to subscribe to this channel, like this video, click on the notification bell, buy all your supplements, including Ghost and all the MTS, Ambrosia stuff at TigerFitness.com. That's not a game. I used to have to go through dozens of bottles of vitamins, of supplements just to get what I need. Look, I'm busy. I'm running multiple businesses I'm coaching I'm a professional bodybuilder getting ready for my first pro show I don't have time to sit there and do all that I got to go I'm on the go all the time that is why I created MTS nutrition immortal here's how they look this all it takes this replaces dozens of bottles of supplements let me tell you exactly what this has it has probiotics greens liver detox joint support cardiovascular support and the most complete multivitamin, multi-mineral supplement ever created. If you have a busy life or you simply want more time to do the things you love and be able to travel by just taking one simple little pack with you, Immortals for you.